Okay, well, we are continuing in our summer series, Summer in the Psalms. These are the uh, worship songs of the early believers, of the early church. Uh, we see them as a chapter in our Bible, uh, different 150 chapters, actually, of this book. They're very rich in meaning and emotion and purpose. Every single one of them is in there with purpose. There are different types of psalms. We've looked at several of those. And today we're going to be looking at a new type of psalm that we haven't looked at yet. Today's psalm is a uh, traveling song, if you will. It would have been a family traveling song. Uh, I, I don't know if anybody in your house, if y'all go on a road trip, is in charge of putting together the playlist for the family road trip or the one who gets to control the radio dial and that sort of thing. This was the family playlist for the road trip. It's called a Psalm of Ascent. These songs would have been sung regularly on every road trip. So you may be one in your family that the same songs get played over and over. There may be a new playlist each time. This would have been one that it would have been the same playlist every road trip. These would have been the songs, the Psalms of Ascent. There's 15 of them. We're going to look at one of them today. And they would sing these songs together as they traveled. They sang it with purpose. And the purpose was to prepare their hearts for what God was going to do in them. So the question is really, are they ready for what God has in store? And the question is the same for you and I. Are we ready for what God has in store? Now, it's not missed on me that for some of you, it took a lot for you to get here. Maybe just even emotionally in your own head. We face questions like, what are people going to think about me? I'm not good enough to go to church. All these things run through our head that are barriers to try to keep us from being in a place like this. Maybe even you were getting ready to come and there was a little tension between you and your spouse. It would have just been easier to stay home today. Maybe you're coming and one of those precious little offsprings of yours made your life miserable on the way to church. It's not overlooked on me that sometimes it is a challenge to be here. Maybe we're even just talking about life. Maybe in your life, you're facing some heavy, difficult times. Maybe you're carrying difficult burdens Maybe life is hard financially, relationally, regrets and hurts that have piled up, whatever it might be, we carry all of these things and we tend to come into a place like this and we find our spot where we're going to sit and we're here. And I'm glad that we're here. We need to come in those situations. But what happens, I think a lot of times is we come in we finally made it here, and okay, God, now it's your turn. Now you do your thing, which to some degree is okay, but I think that there's a missing ingredient there as well, and I think the missing ingredient can be found in these traveling songs. Now, 
I'm saying this, I've got a little bit of an advantage because I've known what I was going to speak on today for several weeks now. I've been praying about this moment here this morning for several weeks. I'm praying about what I'm going to be speaking about here in a couple of weeks already right now. So it's already growing in my heart what God wants to do in moments like this. But for most of us, we come in, we mumble the songs a little bit, we listen, and then we leave. And for some of us, at times, we wonder, why doesn't anything ever change? I think it's because there is a missing ingredient, and that missing ingredient is preparation. In the Old Testament and the New Testament, we see, and even in Jesus' own life, there was always an intentional preparation as they would gather together to worship. I think to some degree in our instant society, that's been lost. It was certainly a different setup in the Old Testament and the New Testament times, yet there's many similarities as well. And we can find some of this missing ingredient in these traveling songs. As they traveled, they prepared their hearts with worship. Psalms of Ascent. They would sing these songs. They would go on this particular road trip three times a year. From wherever they were at, they would go to Jerusalem. This is Psalm 120 through 134. And the reason they're called Psalms of Ascent is because Jerusalem was up on a hill. So no matter which direction you're coming from, north, south, east, west, you have to ascend to get there. It would have been about 15 miles for most people, about 3,400 feet incline. For an average in-shape adult, the trek would have taken about eight hours. Now you can calculate in health problems, you can calculate in tagging kids along with you that might have made the trek a little bit longer. Actually, you can still take the trek today. This is a modern picture of the trek that would have been taken thousands of years ago by the ancient Israelites. So if you're in a mood to get in a last second summer trip, you can head over and do this. Along the way, as they're going on this journey, they didn't have a radio, they didn't have uh, iPhone to play a playlist, they sang together. And they would sing Psalms 120 through 134. And when they finally get to the temple, the high priest would come out and meet them. And there would have been 15 steps that would lead up there. Here, I think we have a picture of some of the steps here. And as they would get there, they would go to the first step and together they would sing Psalm 120. They would go to the next step. And together they would sing Psalm 121. They weren't called Psalm 120 and 121. Back then they were just the songs. They get to the third step, and I think you get the point. They would sing Psalm 123. There was purpose and rich meaning in these songs to remind themselves they are preparing for what God wants to do. You see, these believers, it would have never crossed their mind 
to pull in as quick as they can, drop the kids off, rush into worship. Jesus himself would have never rushed into a parking spot, dropped off his kids in kids' church, and then come over here. One, he didn't have a car. Two, he didn't have kids. So he wouldn't have done either of those things. But the point is still the same. Jesus would have never half-heartedly gone into worship. He would have prepared his heart to hear the Word of God, to sing worship songs, to be in God's presence. He would have never come in with an unprepared heart. See, this was built into the rhythm of their lives. They would gather, they would celebrate, they would remember. Three times a year on these specific occasions and celebrations, it was Passover in the spring, and in the Passover, they would remember the Exodus and their salvation out of slavery. There was Pentecost in the summer when they would travel up the hill again in ascent. And there they would remember Sinai and God giving them their identity. There was the Feast of Tabernacle and the Feast of Trumpets in the fall. And there they would remember how God led them through the wilderness preserved them, and provided for them. So they, they make this journey three times a year, remembering what God has done and preparing themselves for it. In a very non-spiritual way, it reminds me kind of of Christmas. You get to Christmas time and there is specific music that goes with Christmas time. There are specific songs that could be a hundred years old, but we're still going to sing those songs, and there's everything that goes around with it. Again, not spiritually speaking, but there's the food, there's the decorations, there's the advertisements, everything in the culture is designed to prepare you for what is coming. Spiritually speaking, that is what the Psalms of Ascent were. As they gathered They would prepare their hearts by refreshing their memories of how God has saved them. They would renew their commitments to God's covenant, remembering who they were and how much God loved them. And they would respond with thanksgiving for God's blessing, anticipating His presence in their lives. Sometimes, if I'm honest, when I read the Old Testament, it seems like they had all of these rules and regulations. And this could seem like another one of those things where, and compared to our lives, it could just seem like a burden. I mean, all these things that you seem to have to do. But if we look a little bit deeper, we can see that God intentionally put a rhythm into people's lives For the purpose not to be a burden where you had to follow rules, but for the purpose of refreshing them. That's what the Sabbath is that we see, biblically speaking. That's what these festivals were that would happen three times a year. They were all to reset the spiritual clock, to reignite the fire within their hearts. Psalms of Ascent. There's 15 of them. Solomon, who is David's son, writes the middle one. David writes four of them on either side of Solomon's 
psalm. And today we're going to look at Psalm 131. It's just a short little song. So I want you to picture this. You're on your journey. You're hiking together with your family. You have your supplies. You're going to ascend 15 miles uphill. And as you go, you're singing this together. Lord, my heart is not proud. My eyes are not haughty. I don't concern myself with matters too great or too awesome for me to grasp. Instead, I have calmed and quieted myself like a weaned child who no longer cries for its mother's milk. Yes, like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, put your hope in the Lord now and always. As they ascend the hill, every adult and every child would be singing this song together. Now, it doesn't necessarily rhyme or seem like a song to us, but much in the same way that many of you from early memories would have known the song, Jesus Loves Me. Because somebody probably sang that to you when you were a small child. Every child would have known this particular song that they would have been singing together from their earliest memories. Even Jesus himself from his childhood, would have sang this song. We see in Scripture that they made the trek as a family to Jerusalem. He himself would have sang this song. So what is the purpose behind this song? As I see this song, I see that it prunes away some things. Helps us focus our life to eliminate some of the unnecessary things in our lives. And honestly, sometimes things, especially in our culture, that we place a very high value on. The song starts, Lord, my heart is not proud. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with matters too great or too awesome for me to grasp. The first thing we see is it prunes away selfish ambition. I do want to put in a side note here. That's not to say that we shouldn't have goals and aspirations in life, but this is a selfish ambition that is focused on me. This song, the the first line here, lays aside that selfish ambition, putting our faith and trust in God and God alone, rather than grabbing every opportunity that comes our way. It says, I put away things that are too high or outside of God's intention. Now, you have to remember, David wrote this. He is the king. What could be too high or too lofty for him? It could be a preoccupation with his own greatness. It could be what people think about him. It could be greed to get even more than what he was meant to have. We can look at all of these things, and these are actually things we prize in our culture. Pride, right? Haughty eyes, wanting more and more and more. The more you have, the more successful you are. The more position that you have, the more we cheer you on. And this song is saying, humble yourself. See yourself for who you really are and who God really is. One of the best ways that we prepare our hearts 
for what God has in store for us, to prepare our hearts to gather together on any given Sunday, is choosing not to let your heart be set on those things, to set them aside. May our prayer be, God, my heart, I don't want any pride within my heart, set on lofty and anything that I would exalt, things that I would exalt over you. God, don't let my eyes be haughty. Don't let me seek glory or arrogance or self-centeredness above your will for my life. We prepare our hearts for God by setting aside anything that is self-centered and selfish. And we're willing to say, God, whatever you would ask of us, may it be so. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 5 through 7 says this, In the same way, you who are younger submit yourselves to the elders. All of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that He might lift you up in due time. Cast all of your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. When we establish a posture of being prideful in our lives, Scripture says God opposes that. That's a scary place to be. And there's no caveat there that says, well, if we're prideful for good things, then God is okay with it. If the condition of our heart is pride, we're putting ourselves in the place where God wants to reside within our lives. David prays, God, I am not proud. My eyes are not haughty. And I could look at that and say, okay, check, check. I don't think I'm really a prideful person. I don't think my eyes are greedy or haughty. But if I'm honest with myself, I think I put my trust in myself too often. I think my eyes, probably like you, are drawn to shiny things. You go, ooh, that, that would be nice right there. And my heart can tend to gravitate towards those things. Part of the preparation of allowing God to do what He wants to do in your life when we gather in a setting like this is setting that aside and saying, God, I don't want to be prideful. I don't want to be greedy. I don't want to be haughty. Let me set that aside so that you can do what you want to do in my life. The second thing we see in this song is it prunes away an immature dependency. Verse 2, instead I have calmed and quieted myself like a weaned child who no longer cries for its mother's milk. Yes, I, like a weaned child, my soul within me. David uh, takes a little bit of a turn here to make a spiritual point, giving us this visual, this natural, beautiful picture of a mother who has nursed a child and now this child is weaned. And uh, I've learned this lesson the hard way, not to venture into the category of speaking to nursing etiquette. So I won't really get into that, but I think we could all agree that at some point in life, it's probably time that the child is weaned, right? And that's, that's where David is getting here. At some point, 
That child needs to learn to chew food. That child needs to learn to feed itself. And David is making this spiritual point with a natural illustration. Some of you have believed for a long time. And you're still on milk. And God is saying, it's time for you to grow up. It's time for you to learn to read Scripture and understand what it means in your life. It's time for you to learn to lead others. It's time for you to learn to make a difference in the kingdom of God. All these things that we do as we learn to grow and mature. It's a preparation and a mindset. If the Scriptures... Here's a little test for you. If the Scriptures that I'm reading to you today are the first scriptures that you've heard since the last time that you were in this room, you're probably depending on me a little bit too much. I'm not your mama. You've got to learn to feed yourself, to grow. You need to learn to hear His voice and know His will. And hopefully what happens when we gather together here on a Sunday morning The Word of God confirms what He is already doing in you as you grow. If we come in here, God invites us to come as we are, and God will work with us. When we bring pride or arrogance, it creates a barrier. When we come in here with an immaturity that just says, feed me, you do all the spiritual work for me, you're a pastor, it creates a barrier To us being prepared for what God wants to do in you. You need to prepare your heart to grow. Because God has so much that He wants to do in your life. Beyond checking off a box. I went to church this month. I went to church again this week. Whatever it may be. God wants you to grow. And I know life is busy. But we tend to rush in. Rush out. Check the box and neglect preparing our hearts to hear what God wants to do within our lives. I wish it was so easy as we could just create a drive-through. You just drive through. You don't even have to get the kids out. You get everything that God wants to do in your life. You know all of His will for your life. Check, check, check. But God doesn't want it to be that way. God wants a relationship with you. We are apprentices as Christians following Christ. Which means it takes time and process and maturing. And maturing can be difficult and hard work and discipline. That's how we prepare our hearts for what God wants to do within us. In spite of of our pride, in spite of our lack of preparation, God still wants us to cooperate with Him. And here's the beautiful thing. Not only does God want to do that in you as individuals, but the reason we gather together to do this, the reason this isn't just an individual exercise, is it compounds when we do this together. Because God is working in your life as you grow throughout the week. And as we gather together, we lift one another's burdens. We encourage one another. We grow together in our faith. That is the church. 
You see, this isn't just an American cultural thing that we would gather together to do this. This has been going on since the New Testament and even really since the Old Testament. It's God's idea that we would gather together to worship, to fellowship, and even as we're going to do today, to share a meal together. It's biblical. So here's what happens when we gather together. We gather together to express God's grace to one another. In doing so, as we gather together with one another, we demonstrate God's grace within our own lives, that it is by Him and Him alone that we are saved through faith. Not ourselves, not our own good works, but it's a gift of God. If left to ourselves, we're lost in our sin but we can go to Christ through God's grace and embrace His work that changes us. When we come together, we are demonstrations of God's amazing grace. When we gather together, we do so to quiet our anxious fears. We remind each other, you're going to make it. You're going to get through this. You can do this. We build strength and hope in one another. And that's why David's song here concludes with verse 3. O Israel, put your hope in the Lord now and always. We gather together to quiet each other's fears, to build one another up. So I read that line, put your hope in the Lord. It reminded me of a more modern song yet still 180 years old. My hope is built in nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. When we gather together, even when we share a meal together, God uses simple moments. You don't have to have all the right words. Just be yourself, and God uses those moments to quiet our anxious fears. And lastly, when we gather together, we do so to remember our eternal perspective. It's not all about just this moment in our current situation. God is using your life and us as a body for His eternal purpose. 1 Corinthians 15, 53 through 55 for our body, for our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, the scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. O oh, death, where is your victory? O oh, death, where is your sting? You see, as we grow, as we mature, as we gather together, it gives us an eternal perspective. That there is a greater perspective that lies before us. You may have rushed in here today in the midst of all the chaos of life, and that's okay. God welcomes us. In the midst of all the chaos of life, God also invites us to put a rhythm into our lives where we're continually preparing our hearts for what He wants to do within us. May we not miss that. 
May we not miss it as the body of Christ. May you not miss it as an individual. May you not miss it in your family because God wants to do something great in and through you. And I just know personally, I don't want to miss that. I want to be a part of what God wants to do. So God, my prayer is that you would prepare our hearts. Even today as we gather around tables in fellowship with one another. Would you pray with me? Lord, my heart is not proud. My eyes are not haughty. I don't concern myself with matters too great or too awesome for me to grasp. Instead, I have calmed myself and quieted myself like a weaned child who no longer cries for its mother's milk. Yes, like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, O Rock Hills Church, O people of San Antonio, O people of 2023, put your hope in the Lord now and always. Father, we are guilty. of walking in too much pride, of being in too much of a hurry, of letting this gathering be too much about us. That God, I think we can miss over and over and over again the rich, the depth, the flavor of all that You are longing to do within us. So God, I want to get out of the way. And Lord, I ask that you would do everything within this church, within these families, within our communities that you want to do. Lord, help us to grow, help us to mature, help us to depend on you. Help us to encourage one another and lift one another up. Help us to be the body together. Lord, they were going on a physical journey, ascending a hill to prepare their hearts. Lord, we are on life's journey. Lord, may our hearts sing to You. Preparing our families, preparing our community, preparing ourselves for all that You want to do in us. Lord, thank You that You sent Jesus to die on a cross that we could be forgiven of our sins. Lord, would You make us new creations? as we surrender to you. Would you take a moment and just in your own words, respond to God today. God, we ask that you would prepare us. Prepare us for what you want to do. And Lord, we also ask that you would bless our time in fellowship today. Bless this food that we're going to take here in a little bit to our bodies. Prepare us for this week. In Jesus' name, amen.